God yearns for us to practice mercy. Whenever we must make a decision, whether to respond with compassion and forgiveness or retribution and revenge, remember that God yearns for mercy. Our world could be a different place if we put mercy into practice more often. It's always possible for us to be merciful. It can also be really complicated. A wrestling match with mercy can show up any time in our life. We want to be forgiven. Even beneath our deepest pain, I think that we want to forgive others. But obstacles to both can seem huge and sometimes insurmountable. Because none of us escape wrestling with mercy, it is incumbent upon our faith tradition to speak to it. Jesus believed that if we want to live, we must figure out how to forgive. Our gospel lesson this morning is known as the calling of Matthew and recounts Jesus telling a tax collector named Matthew to follow him. In each version of this story, which is found in Matthew, Mark, and Luke, Jesus then gets invited to a banquet that includes a crowd of other tax collectors, earning him some complaints from the Pharisees, who were part of the religious establishment. Jesus responds to these people by saying, Go and learn what this means. I desire mercy, not sacrifice. He's paraphrasing our Old Testament reading from Hosea. I desire steadfast love, not sacrifice. In order to underscore one of the most important, if not the most important, defining characteristics of God. That God is merciful. The overriding arc of Jesus' life bears witness again and again to the power of mercy. Throughout his life, and even at its end when he's dying on the cross, Jesus always came down on the side of mercy. Our Gospels are littered with him teaching about mercy. Sometimes he's very practical and to the point, such as when he says, let him without sin cast the first stone. Other times he spells it out a bit more. Asked if he really meant that we should forgive those who sin against us. More particularly, if we should forgive seven times, as some tradition then held. Jesus said not seven, but 77 times. Which is another way of saying forgiveness is not just important, but it is really important. And that if you're keeping score, then you're probably not actually forgiving. At other moments, Jesus utilizes parables, like that of a rich man's chief of staff who found himself in debt. Reduced to begging, the chief of staff throws himself at the mercy of his boss and receives forgiveness of his debt. However, when this same chief of staff is owed money by someone else, he does not reciprocate the mercy that he was shown and instead has his debtor thrown into jail. In all of this teaching, 
Jesus embeds a question. What type of person do you want to be? The type who demands that others be paid up or the type who can forgive and move forward? Will you choose your pride and your ego or will you choose to live? Jesus believed that choosing to live meant also choosing to forgive. He didn't pretend that forgiveness would come naturally to us, but rather he taught forgiveness and he practiced forgiveness because forgiving takes away the power that others have over us. Forgiveness is complicated as life is, but it should never be confused with weakness. It's not about condoning or living in denial about our burdens and hurts. Forgiveness is a choice that we make in spite of our burdens and hurts about the type of character we aspire to embody and the standard of person that we want to be and the quality of life that we want to live. I do not believe that God ever tortures us but I do believe that not forgiving can torture us. I've seen it. At times, I've felt it. It can be hard to forgive someone even when they want to be forgiven, let alone when they don't care about being forgiven, but you still need to find a way to forgive them for your own well-being. Learning to forgive ourselves can be a slippery slope as well, Shame can bubble up when we look ourselves in the mirror and acknowledge where we've been wrong and caused harm. It takes time to rebuild trust with ourselves, which is slow, intentional work. We must also guard against being too casual and giving ourselves get-out-of-jail-free cards. And finally, there are times when we might need to forgive the fact that God is not always who we have created God to be. We're not delivered from all danger. Sometimes things don't turn out okay. There's not always an answer, or at least one that we want to hear. All of this is to say that practicing mercy is layered and nuanced. It's the work of our life which is why it's so important that our faith tradition speaks to it. We belong to a tradition that we've inherited. All of this wisdom that we're reading today has been saved for us and passed down for us. Jesus believed that we are the best of ourselves when we engage in this counterintuitive soul level work, like practicing mercy, not just when everything's going smoothly and according to plan, but as a commitment that guides our actions each and every day. Jesus didn't say, go and learn what this means. I desire mercy, not sacrifice, so that we would have a thought experiment to engage with over coffee hour or something to put on a shirt or on Facebook. He said it because he understood mercy to be one of God's defining characteristics and he believed that us practicing mercy 
is a key to us discovering life. We can't be everything, but we can always find a way to be merciful. In the name of God. Amen. Amen.